This is My First Ride, a podcast all about firsts. And you can expect some adult topics. Haven't we gone all festive and bougie right here? <laughs> I am Emma Power and welcome to a very special episode of My First Ride. And I'm Laura Fox and we are feeling, uh, I want to say festive, but I'm feeling a bit nervous on this because the tables have turned around. Because tis the season, it's our big sleigh ride. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So we have to answer some firsts and we have no idea what is going to come out of the Christmas cracker. What a treat. I am excited for the Christmas cracker uh, that will be coming up. I'm not excited for answering all the questions. We are also going to be treating you to a selection of the funniest stories from season one of My First Ride ahead of our new episodes coming in 2022. But before we get into that, I want to talk about some of my highlights of this year. And some of my highlights happen to include you. Ah, okay. All right. Naturally enough. Good things. Like when we went to like different events together when we hung out together when we went for walks in the Phoenix Park when we went for coffees together when we went for lunches together all that sort of stuff I'm, I'm well this is where Dermot all Kennedy, yeah? this is where all of this stuff comes from stop giving me the eyes because you brought me to Dermot Kennedy <coughs> <coughs> no I actually had a frog in my throat <laughs> well while I was at all these things Emma tends to just say the most oh, no. bizarre I knew you were up to something I could tell by the way you were looking at me so I really would like to kick off this podcast with a dedication to the South Bend roundabout that is our I'm not South Keen. Dublin gal. I like it's her though. Miss Emma Power. <laughs> Emma has said some very obnoxious things over the last, I mean, even just a couple of weeks, to be completely honest. You went to Other Voices. You I had did great go to time. Other Voices, yeah. I had a really good time there. How did you go to Other Voices? I flew there. <laughs> In my defence... In your I, private jet. In my defence, I get very tired. <laughs> I drive long car journeys. The thoughts of having to actually drive five hours, I just couldn't do it. I rang Emma one day and I said, um, I said, come here, what are you... She goes, I ha- I'll have to call you back. I'll have to call you back. I said, there's no problem. I have to book my flights. I was like, oh my God, where are you going? Dingo. <laughs> So matter of fact as well, it was like, why would anybody go any other way down to other voices? I need to fly to the festival. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I've decided that I'm going to drive next year. Why would I'm gonna you Because I'm going to break the trip up and I'm going to see more of Kerry. It's stunning. Oh, fab. I'm going to fly. Um, oh, so yeah. anyway, I asked Emma when she came back if she would be interested in going for a walk in Phoenix Park with me because you've yet to see the deer. You're oh. a dub and you've yet to see the deer so, in Phoenix Park. Myself and Laura, she's like, we've gone walking so many times in Phoenix Park to see the deer. And it's like every time I'm there, the deer are nowhere to be seen. And then she'll go up the next day and she'll post in her Insta story or she'll FaceTime me or she'll pop it up on her bloody WhatsApp picture, whatever. The deer. It's like as if they're avoiding me. Anyways, I don't really care about the deer right now because it is Christmas, so they are quite festive. Yeah. Uh, but I asked Emma, would she meet me? And uh, her response to me was, <laughs> oh, oh, I'll actually just have to see because I'm meeting with my financial advisor <laughs> and I'll just have to see what time he's coming. If he's coming in the morning, then absolutely I'll meet you for an afternoon walk. But if he's coming in the afternoon, it's just going to be too late in the evening before I have to go into breakfast next morning. I'll be wrecked. I will be absolutely... So I was like, okay. 
wind your neck in just ever so slightly. So she rang me then to say that her financial advisor had been moved to the following Tuesday. So she was free for an afternoon walk for an hour if like, I was still around. I say that as if I've got all these finances that I need <laughs> advice on. I absolutely do not. It's actually me trying to figure out how I can sort my finances out. Well, do you know what? Well, we might stop dedicating this entire podcast to you and get back to... My first ride. My first ride. We had a great year. We had the best year. So myself and Laura got together um, as friends and to do a podcast together. (laughs) We have something to tell you. So myself and Laura obviously launched our new podcast, My First Ride, back in July. We were very excited about it, but we were very nervous to put it out there. And we have been blown away by all... Yeah. Were we nervous? Ah, we were. I don't... I think there was more fire in our belly to get it over the line in RTE. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do it. It's Um, been a good year. It has been a great year and we would like to thank you very much for listening. Um, So I suppose in a turn of events we're going to turn the questions back on us and some Christmas crackers for us to pull in each Christmas cracker there's a question yeah I don't know how I feel about this now if I'm honest right let's pull a cracker let's pull a cracker three two one hello (laughs) yes okay um What is this? The first time you got found out for lying. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So I had got invited to... No, hang on. Was that the first time? Yes. Okay. So this is the the second most trouble I've been in my whole entire life. So I'm guessing the first one is too much trouble to tell on the pod. Well, I didn't really get caught out for lying that time. I just got caught out. Okay, right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sticking to the script. Yeah. So uh, first time I got caught out for lying was I got invited to a graduation um, to the school that was beside my school. It wasn't my school. And uh, the guy that invited me was absolutely lovely. Such a nice guy. Is he hot? He's such a nice guy. And... I really, really, really wanted to go because I just wanted to have the crack, but I kind of knew how to play my mother at the time. I couldn't just ask her too far in advance because then she'd have time to say no and then he'd have time to find another date. So instead, what I did was got onto my best friend's older sister and got a dress from her, mm-hmm. hid it in my wardrobe, this big, massive black ball gun. I never forget it. it was unbelievable. And then I had sorted my own hair and makeup because this was like way back when you didn't have a full makeup bag. Yeah. You know, you had like a lick of mascara or whatever. Were you wearing blue eyeshadow at the time? Obviously. <laughs> it was the trend. Uh, so I had all of that sorted and I had said that I was going to co- tell my mother the night before. Mm-hmm. But then I chickened out and went to school and came home and then told her that day that I was actually going to this graduation. And at that point then, I guilted her into it because I was like, well, you can't send him by himself. Yeah, very smart. His mom and dad are coming to collect me now and it's too late to turn them back around. And then he goes to his grab by himself. Like, do you really want to be that mom? Do you want to be that mom who turns down me going to a graduation with someone else and just break his heart altogether? So turn it back on her. You're a little weapon, Laura Fox. Absolute weapon is the right word there. So I get picked up, I go to the graduation, I have a great time. And... My friend was going at the time as well. So she told her parents that she was staying at my house. Mm -hmm. And I told my mother I was staying at her house because it just made more sense because by the time her parents would have collected us, it would have been too late to go dropping me home. So we may as well just go to her house. They didn't have any young kids in their house is how I sold it because we, uh, my younger brother and sister are 10, 11 years younger than me. So I was like, I'm waking them up when I come in the door. I'll go there instead. Begrudgingly, she agreed because she kind of got blindsided by everything that was going on. And that was fine. 
went off to the graduation, had Nokia blocks at the time, just about headphones mm-hmm. and batteries went dead. Ended up going to the graduation. It was really good crack. Went to the mass, said all my prayers, <laughs> confessed to my sins and my sins that were about to happen. And then... She's there for a long time. <laughs> still there. Then went into the hotel and afterwards did all the graduation photos. That was all lovely. And then the night is coming to an end and I have the option to go home or I have the option to go to my very first house party. So as you can imagine, I chose the house party. Uh, Listen, I am a sucker for the crack. I love having the crack so much. I know, Laura. I've been there with you many a time. (laughs) Both of us are as guilty. Go home. No, but we might get a bit more crack out of this. So we'll just stay up. I kind of thought at this point I'd have grown out of it. So I Where's the fun in that? Exactly, where is the fun in that? So I go to this house party and that's fine. Yeah. Lo and behold, unbeknownst to me, my mother goes to the pub that night to have a couple of drinks with like her friends and stuff. She sits up at the bar and who's sitting beside her? Only my friend's parents. (gasps) So that's fine. It doesn't actually come out immediately. They're sitting there and they're having a couple of drinks and everyone's having a laugh and yada, yada, yada. And then her mother turns to my mother and says, thanks so much for taking the girls tonight. I really appreciate it. And my mother says, no, thank you so much for taking the girls tonight. And then they both deck that we've lied to them yeah. and we've gone to our other house parties. Both of our batteries have gone dead so they can't get in touch with anybody. Now she was the oh, youngest. Said they were fuming. The, well, she was the youngest in her family so at that point it was kind of like, she, they'll be fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, they'll be alright. Yeah. I think they were kind of nearly the voice of reason whereas because I was the oldest, my mother was freaking because she's like, I'm going to kill her. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to kill her. I cannot believe that she pulled the wool over my eyes on this day and then did this to me. So anyways, it's like half six in the morning, whatever, and it's dusky. And I land home and I walk in the door. You come in my hallway and then there's our kitchen and then over to like the conservatory sitting room area. And my mother's sitting there. Oh now, if no. anybody who knows my mother knows she's not an early riser. So she does not <laughs> get up to the crack of dawn. We are kind of like up and out the door kind of people. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I just said I'd come home early. And she's like, don't lie to me. And I'm like, oh. Was it worth it? Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of honesty, it was all about honesty when it came to Carl Mullins' first time getting into trouble. Being apprehended by the authorities. So this involves the law. Oh, God. Oh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. This is, I'm not going to get cancelled for this one. Oh, I was about 15 at the time. So we were with a couple of my mates and I don't know, I was probably showing off in front of the girls or something. I saw there's a bus stop um, that's across the road from my mum and dad's house and it has one of those like plexiglass advertising board things. And I saw this and I was like, a, a hand on heart, I was like, I wonder what i bounce off. <laughs> That's what was going through my head. I wasn't thinking about vandalizing. I wasn't thinking about causing hassle or creating noise. I swear to God, I was like, I wonder if I was to run against that, would I bounce back off? Teenage so, Manny Delgado. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. I'm picturing Ridiculous. that. Like mad carry on. So I, and I thought the whole thing through so much. I was like, I don't want to run at it and for there to be someone on the other side of it and to give them a fright. So I crossed the road first to check if anyone was at the bus stop. There wasn't. So I crossed back over the road and then ran full. From the other side of the road. Yeah. Right, 
full force of the bus stop, ran into it, and indeed did bounce off. But then about 30 seconds later, this car pulls up and all these men get out. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And they grabbed my friend Kev. And they were like, yeah, you're under arrest for vandalizing that bus stop. Oh my God. And, and my, my mate Kev was like, what? And I was like, no, I was like, that was me. And he turns to me and he goes, oh, well, that's uh, that you've made this very easy for us. And Ash, my fiance, was there at the time as well. And she, in fairness, had like the presence of mind because it was an unmarked car. And she was like, how do we know that you're guards? And then your man showed the badge. So that was all fine. So they put me into the back of the guard car. <laughs> They were like, where do you live? And I literally pointed across to my house. I was like, there. And they they drove me to my mom's mom and dad's house. And mom answered the door and there's this car just holding me. And she was like, uh, is everything all right? And he was like, we think your son has been drinking. And we caught him vandalizing the bus stop. Now, I, had ne- I hadn't touched a drop of drink at this. I didn't drink till I was 18. I like, you know, I hadn't touched anything. I was completely of sound mind. I was just <laughs> stupid. And I said it to mom. I was like, mom, I was just being an idiot. And your man, your man was kind of like playing the bad cop. Like he was trying to teach me a bit of a lesson. But anyway, went into the house. And I think my mom knew that I had done something stupid and I knew it. So she didn't really like, you know, go in too hard on me. But uh, yeah, I literally got not so much arrested, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. And why they had been there was there was a a Chinese called Charlie Chang's. Well, it's not there anymore, but it was there at the time. And they were in getting their food. <laughs> they, were coming, they were coming out with their food. And they had seen me run into the bus. Probably heard this big bang. It sounded like a bomb got off. So they, they came down. Because I remember getting into the car and I'm like, this car smells like Chinese. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, pro- like, I'm just imagining them taking so long to do the U-turn to like get across the road to your house to drop back off to your mom's. It took like 25 seconds to drive the house. It was ridiculous. I would actually pay to see little Carl Mullen in the back of a Garda car. Have you ever seen the pictures of Carl when he was a kid? He was a cute Manny thing. Delgado. <laughs> and the best part is, is like his own son now is morphing into the exact same, oh. the exact same person. Oh my God, he's absolutely he's so adorable. Cute. Will we pull another cracker? I think we're going to pull right. another cracker. Hang on, early. <laughs> yes, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. Actually, I don't know if that's something to be excited about. It's definitely not. What have you got? Okay. First work fail. <laughs> <laughs> I have had so many of these. Have okay. a think because you, I know some of your work fails. So I'm intrigued yeah. to see what you're going to come up with. Okay, I think I'm going to go like pre two FM. Okay. So I'm going to go for like back in the old days, right? Um. So right, I got one. I got one. I got one. I used to do promotions um, for a drinks company, a soft drinks company. Um, and my very first day, we used to be out in the Jeeps, you know, driving around to different events and giving out cans and all that sort of stuff. So my very, very first day where that I was allowed to kind of go out and drive the Jeep myself, I remember we were going to see the World Cup trophy. It was in Dublin. It was in the mansion house. And we were going out there to kind of like hand out stuff for the day or whatever. So I went out to the work office to collect the car. Everything's great. Very, very excited. Can't wait to get in. Can't wait to get out and about in the Jeeps. Blah, 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 blah. Hop into the Jeeps and we're driving along. And I noticed that I'm about to run out of petrol. When I mean like run out of petrol, like it was like literally down at the last, you know, the last little dribble of petrol. So I called my 
colleague who was in the jeep in front of me and I said I need to stop because I need to get petrol I'm not going to make it into town if I don't they're like grand okay fair enough do 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 arrive at the petrol garage hop out of the jeep open up the little petrol nozzle I get the pump pop it into the car press it down and the petrol's going into the car but while the petrol was going into the car it was literally like pouring out of the car at the same time so like I just had all this petrol flooding out of the car it was on my trousers it was on my shoes it was rolling all down the car and I was like oh my god what the hell I was like this car is broken I'm not going to be able to go do the job I need to ring my boss what am I going to do he's going to kill me it's my first day I've broken it ah so all the panic and you can imagine me because you know how much of a worrier I am so you can imagine how panicked I was with this happening so I ring my boss and he's about 20 minutes away and I ring him and I'm like, listen, there's, there's something wrong with the Jeep. The petrol's pouring out. I don't know what to do. He's like, I'll come down. He was like, I have the details. So I'll come down. I'll take a look, see if there's anything I can do. Then we can get the, the Jeep towed or whatever. So I was like, grand. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he arrives down. I'm really, really anxious at this stage. I'm like, literally, I've met this man probably like maximum three times. Like his interview, my training. And now it's my first day of work. And I was like, oh God, terrified that they were going to fire me. Anyway, he comes along and he's like, don't worry, we'll get it sorted. It's, it's only a Jeep. Everything's OK. It'll be fine. We have insurance. I was like, OK, cool, 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 cool. So he comes over. He uh, has a look, puts the pump in. Petrol starts pouring out. And he was like, OK, yeah, we're in trouble here. I was like, yeah, I think so. He's like, OK, don't panic. Don't panic. He hops into the Jeep because he was like, I'm just going to turn the engine on. Just, you know, make sure everything's OK. <laughs> he hops into the <laughs> He hops into the jeep, okay? <laughs> and he just sits and he looks and he stares at me. And I was like, what the hell is he looking at? And he's like, so, uh, Emma, <laughs> the tank is full. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to fill a full tank? <laughs> so, oh my God. What, what were you looking at? I was looking. So on my car, I used to drive a Golf at the time. On my Golf, when the petrol was empty, it like it was down on the um, left hand side. You know, it kind of it would go from right to left. Whereas this was like the opposite way. So <laughs> I thought I thought that it was empty when it was actually in fact full. But this happened the day after. So this was the day after. I had sent him a text about work and I put three kisses at the end of the text. And then I sent him a follow-up text to explain that I was in the habit of sending kisses to my friends and my boyfriend. And that's why I put kisses on his text and I didn't actually mean to send him kisses. So I did that on the Saturday night. And then on the Sunday morning, I tried to fill a full tank. <laughs> oh my God. You were platinum blonde at this point, weren't you? I absolutely was. <laughs> Still as ditzy. <laughs> Can you imagine the embarrassment? I'm actually scarlet even like talking about it now. I'm sure he probably tells that story when he's training people now. He's probably like, yeah, just don't try fill a full tank. Oh my God. Well, I mean, unsurprisingly, the two Johnnies can definitely relate to it. They told us all about this moment in America when things turned out a little bit differently than how they thought. We went to New York to, to gig. But it was a holiday. It was a holiday, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're scheduled in for two gigs. Yeah. We landed on a Thursday. So, like, basically, uh, this lad flew us out. No, he flew us out to New York, and we're doing two gigs in this place. And this lad was putting us up. He was like, there won't be much money, but we'll, like, food and drink, and we'll put you up. We're like, yeah. yeah and plane tickets, like, so. Plane yeah. tickets, yeah. We were still working at the time, so it was, it was lucrative for us, like. And we don't even, but, like, 
one or two gigs in Ireland. Yeah, we'd only done like two gigs in Ireland. The minute that you step outside of this country and go anywhere else, mm. it's it's when everybody here starts going, jeez, did you see how well they're getting on? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They and all we want you sure, then. We made sure everyone in Ireland knew we were in America. <laughs> so we rocked up to this place in New York and, and, and like we got there, pulled up to the pub and this guy came out and was like, oh my God, I love all your stuff. So it was an American lad who booked us. And he was like, I loved all your stuff on craft beer. And me and Johnny were like, oh yeah, cheers man. He was like, sit down, I'll get you something to eat. I'll be back in a second. We were like, man, we've never done anything on craft beer. <laughs> Turns out, we're fairly sure on research that it was File Arms and Hog videos he was watching. Oh no. He paid for the flight at that stage, didn't he? So he was getting the show, but the Friday night, we'd done the show, the first show. And like, we told him like what equipment we needed and all that. Like, and he was like, don't worry man, everything's going to be perfect. We got up on stage. With two mics, one mic didn't work. And the guitar. And the guitar wouldn't plug into the oak. That wouldn't work either. So we ended up doing like sharing a mic and doing around 10 minutes. Now a big crowd were there to see us like, which was strange for us. I was probably... Bit of a bus. And it was like 500 people there. And you know in America, there's like a round bar. There's a round bar in the middle of the room. And they wouldn't close the bar while we were on. So the place is absolutely lifting. So 500 Irish people have gathered in Yonkers to come see us. So they're all on a mad session. Naturally. Um, And Mm. by the time we get up, I went to talk and then his mic wouldn't work. And then this was really hard to do sketches in car- in costumes, passing the mic over and back. And then we're like, okay, this is going really hard. But like I so said, we used to be in bands and stuff. We're like, sure, we can just swag it out. Let's play a few songs, get it going. Let it plug in the guitar. <laughs> guitar dies, no sound. So we're like, we so what's the deal with sandwiches? Huh? <laughs> like guy walks into a bar. We basically just got the mic and we're like, look, this isn't working. We're going to have a few drinks with you. And everyone's like, way. And then for the next few days, we went anywhere. Seen every part of New York. And then on the Sunday, we done a proper show in that place. Did a function room. All the equipment, the whole lot. So we done a full on show and everyone enjoyed it. So all was well. That ends well. But we had some holiday. I think it's safe to say that you need to make a few pubs. For things to actually end up going very, very well for yourselves. <laughs> to be honest, they're all right. So I hope I'm on the right track then. <laughs> oh, Ems, if your luck doesn't come back around, like, I don't know what's going on. You're just, you're a nice person. <laughs> I've had an unlucky few weeks. You've had a terrible, I've had a terrible few weeks, guys. It's been really bad. To be honest, I don't really want to bring people down too much. No. So we'll go for one more crack. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> First holiday fail. Jeez. This this wasn't exactly a holiday. This was back in my pageant days. So I haven't brought this up in quite a long time. Were you involved with the pageants? I was involved with the pageant, would you believe? Did a did a stint here and there. Uh I was Miss Galway, yeah. Miss Sunday World is also I quite still think this is made up. Miss Supranational Ireland. Okay, tell to, us more. So I went to Poland for three weeks. It's the grimmest experience of my life. <laughs> I'm t- I'm, when I say that there was women that walked out of the womb ready for this, and then there was me. <laughs> like, when I went down for breakfast my very first morning, like, I rocked down to breakfast in, you know, like, slippers and, like, a dressing yeah, gown. Yeah, Full-on ball gowns. Like, I'm not even joking. What? Ball gowns, sashes, they're crowns, tiaras, for. Brack oh fest. my god! Uh, absolute madness altogether. But 
it was over there for three weeks. Um, ended up making friends at Miss Scotland. That was absolutely brilliant. That's a complete side story. Uh, we ditched the competition at one point and went on the beer and it was the best day I've ever had in my whole entire life because it was around Christmas time over in Poland. On the way home, they had organised our flights home and our buses and all this kind of stuff. I'd get dropped off at this airport. So I'm at the airport and I'm waiting for my flight and I'm there with all the rest of the girls. Now I have hours to wait. Like my flight is until something like eight o'clock in the morning and I get there at 12 o'clock at night. At three o'clock in the morning, I am kind of moseying around the place and my flight details still aren't coming up. And I'm like, this is just a little bit weird. So I let it go for a little bit longer. And then I'm trying to go up to all the airport desks to be like, do you know where like my flight home to Dublin goes from? Where can I get it? And eventually I get someone and they're like, we don't fly to Dublin from here. It's the other airport. <gasps> so I'm in a blind panic. I have like, I have no cash at the time because I'm absolutely winging my way through life. How the hell am I going to get to where I need to go? So they're like, you need to get a train to X spot and then you've got to get a bus from there to another spot. So I was like, oh my God, okay, grand, whatever. Just get, I need to get home. Like I'm over being here at this point. So... I get on this train and I have two big suitcases. You know, they're like the huge, humongous suitcases. I have two of them. I have a small bag and I have a handbag, right? This is everything that's being dragged with me. So I'm trying to get onto this train and the train doors are open. I'm throwing the bloody cases on. I'm sweating buckets at this point. Like I haven't slept. I'm now like, oh, in a blind panic. Don't know what I'm going to do. Get on the train, get off the train. Land in this massive station and get on this bus. Realise about 20 minutes into the bus journey that I'm going the complete wrong way, right? And nobody is speaking English. So I'm there making all these airplane moves and I'm like, airplane, like, where's the airport? Airport, airport. And everyone's like, not, no, like, it's not here. It's not. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? And I'm like freaking out. So I have to get off the bus. So I get off the bus. I'm on the side of the road it's snowing, so like my suitcases have sunken into the snow. And then I've no idea where the bus back comes from, right? So I'm now going, what am I going to do? Whatever about missing so, my flight. So how long how long did you have left to your flight? So I now had about two hours. Okay. Right? And I've now walked for I don't know, maybe I have more than two hours because I was walking for what felt like an eternity. And there's snow gathered up the whole bottom of my bags and it's an absolute disgrace. I've been crying because I was so lost, I didn't know what I was gonna do. So I get close to what looks like a town or a city and I'm like pulling and dragging and I'm crying. So I try to ask this. I'm seeing this. Try to I ask this man. Imagine her in the middle of the road. Cars like trying to go around her. She's like walking, sobbing yeah. in snow, soaking wet. Balling my eyes out. I ask this man who I meet. I'm like, do you know where the airport is or where I can get a taxi from? And he tries to rob my Bag. <laughs> now at this point, I am at my wits end, right? Wrong broad to be taking this up with. So I take my handbag and I lash him across the head with it. Like again, like I have no idea what danger I'm in here, but I was like, not today, Satan. You are not coming after me, right? It's now like, it's in the middle of the night pretty much. It was like six o'clock in the morning. My flight's at eight. So nowhere is open except for this cafe. So I walk into this cafe and I'm crying and I just need help to get to the airport. I'm sitting down and I realise I'm in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Laura. 
person at this point. I don't care. They're the nicest men I've ever met in my whole entire life, right? They call me a taxi. They go out, they tell that taxi man, get her to the airport. Yeah. Like, go at whatever cost you need to get her out to the airport. And your mom is like, call me, let me know that you get home, gives me his card. I'm like, I am not going to be calling Hot Legs Cafe or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so I was like, okay, th- thank you very much. Thanks, man. Get out there. And I just make my flight and I just remember going, what happened? <laughs> In the last 12 hours. So yeah, uh, that was my night of uh, robbery, uh, miscommunication and a strip club. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe you've never told me that. I can't believe that I forgot about it until this Christmas cracker. (laughs) Oh my God, that is so funny. (laughs) Well, very traumatic, Laura. And speaking of trauma and drama, nobody could beat Maeve Madden on her big trip abroad. I think I did. Or maybe Laura might. (laughs) Do you remember your first holiday, Maeve? I remember the first time I travelled alone. Yeah. (laughs) So, I met this guy uh, in a bar in a nightclub in London and, ah, fell head over heels in love with him. Like, instantly. Oh, I just, he was just amazing uh, and we ended up dating for quite a number of years uh, but it was like love at first sight just oh, couldn't get enough he was in London on business he was from Maryland so just like outside Washington DC and uh, he was and he was only in London for like a couple of days and we spent like every moment together and then he left and he was like and this is like when I was 20 <laughs> I was that I was twenty twenty one. Um, he was going to America so I do remember and I didn't tell my parents but he booked me a plane ticket and was like come to America now I know this guy for a couple of days <laughs> so bad and I remember I flew to Miami and I had one of those giant now I'm so embarrassed because he was like what the hell is that I had one of those giant pink suitcases that had done stores you know the big box on them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I wore matching pink tracksuits because <laughs> I was Paris Hilton <laughs> uh, so I do remember that so we went to Miami and it was fine my sister was kind of like just call me you know just let me know that you're okay had a great time went to Miami went to it, it ends badly went then went to DC went to Maryland had a great time then went to the airport was returning parents still didn't know that I wasn't in London because I would have just called them and been like oh yeah I'm at uni not taking yeah. three weeks off anyway was flying back ended up having to do an emergency landing in Toronto there was like fire engines on the runway and I called mom and dad and was like I'm gonna die and they're like what are you in Toronto and they're like what <laughs> so it was all going so well and then, oh, mom was livid. Because they were like, who are you with? And I'm like, Brendan. And they're like, who? <laughs> like, who the hell is Brendan? this guy that I met and you went to America? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So that was my first, like, by myself. Maeve has gotten married since we last saw her. She looked phenomenal. Married to himself and she looked gorgeous. We yeah. got to see a glimpse of him as well. Yeah, she did, right? Do you know if I could have anyone's hair? Anyone's hair in this world would be Maeve Madden's. She has got the best hair. Do you know what the thing about it is? She's always looked after the crown and that's what she always calls it. And I'm always like, yeah, whatever. And then you see it and you're like, 
Oh, okay. No, you did a great job. Are you drawing boobs? No, I'm not drawing boobs. I never doodle boobs. I doodle flowers and people. <laughs> Let's pull another cracker. Okay, this is the final one. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Ooh. <laughs> okay, I got it. Got it. Um. Okay, first dating disaster. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, I've dated a lot of disasters over the years, um, but we won't get into the bad stuff. A dating disaster. Okay. Do you know what? I've been quite lucky in terms of first dates. I've had a lot of good first dates. You know, the ones that like, obviously, you know, it's not going anywhere, but they're still sound. Um, but there was one creep. There on. was one creep. Okay. And I should have known. Okay. I'm the fool. I should have known. More fool me. That it was going to be bad. So I had just moved into a house in town with a few girls and the new housemate said do you want to go for a drink around the corner to the pub around the corner so I was like yeah of course yeah great let's go around great so there was this stunningly good looking man like absolutely beautiful and he was across the other side of the bar and kind of for the night we were you know giving each other the eyes then he landed at my table and he's like hey how are you and I was like hey I'm good thanks and he was like um I've been looking at you all night. Can I take your number? And I, like, normally I would be like, absolutely not. But I think I hadn't been on a date in a while. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I gave him my number, not thinking anything of it. And then the next day he texted me. He's like, do you want to go for a drink tonight? And I was like, do you know what? Let's go for a drink tonight. He agreed to come in town to me. So I walked out, really, really sunny day. And he was sitting outside the pub. And there was loads of people outside the pub. Gorgeous, like, really nice, hot day. And he has a gin and tonic in his hand. And... I arrive over and I'm like, hey, how are you? He's like, yeah, yeah, good. Uh, he was like, um, do you like gin and tonic? And I said, no, I can't drink it because it gives me really bad headaches. And he goes, okay, well, uh, we'll just share my gin and tonic and I'll get you a drink when this is finished, okay? Oh, okay, right. And I was like, let's give this guy the benefit of doubt, right? I was like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so then he starts to tell me um, how he thinks Irish people are prudes and he was like I don't know how Irish people ever have sex because they're such prudes and I was like okay I didn't realise we were talking about sex but if you want to tell me that that's yeah, that's your opinion you're completely entitled to it then he asks me are my boobs real right first date asks me are my boobs real and I was like yes my boobs are real and he goes well he's like do you have a name for your boobs and I said no do you have a name for your boobs and he goes I thought, you know, you being an Irish girl. Sorry, he wasn't Irish. He's not from Ireland. He said, I thought with you being an Irish girl, you know, you might name your boobs. You know, would you not consider calling your boobs, you know, something like Sinead and Siobhan or something like that? I'm like, well, like, I'm nothing against the name Sinead and Siobhan, but if I'm going to call my boobs anything, it's not going to be those names. <laughs> so then I had, at the time, I'd just gotten the top of my ear pierced. Do you know your, um, is it your helix up here? You know the top, the cartilage at the top of your ear? I'd just, it, well, it had been pierced a few months and it just was refusing to heal. Laura, you'll remember this. It was a very angry piercing. It was very angry. Many of the day, I just said, can you please take it out? It's so infected. It was so infected and so angry. And I just, I wasn't giving up on it. I just wasn't ready to give up on it. So we're chatting away and he like whips my, <laughs> whips my hair to the side of my head and literally goes in. So this is seven o'clock outside a pub. In summer, bright, about 60 people around us, whips the hair to the side of my head and nibbles, nibbles, puts my infected, infected piercing ear into his mouth and nibbles. 
I yelped and like literally jumped up and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I just thought I'd nibble your ear. I was like, you just nibbled my infected piercing. <laughs> After not even buying you a drink. Do you know what the best part is? is he definitely went inside and said, hello, I had a really crap first date. Yeah. <laughs> and did the same thing to someone else. Oh, God, love her. <laughs> I mean, just a little bit of breathing space before I play this next clip because this next man is too nice to be associated with this conversation. Oh, and he's my friend. He is. He's everybody's friend. He's the nicest man in show business and he's definitely one of the most feel-good men on the planet and I've never met anybody who is so in love with their other half and it just warms your cockles at this time of year. First, now this is one that always gets to me, your first heartbreak. First heartbreak. Um, I've been married for a long time uh, to Maria. We were only going out and she had an offer to go and stay with her aunt in America. And she went away. And uh, young love and all the rest of it. And uh, I have to tell you, I was heartbroken when she went away because we'd only started to go out, really started to go out. And America... And you're here and you've nothing. And you're not earning a lot of money. And you're going to you're going to going to America. Going to Boston. All right. And you know, and you start finding out about Boston because you didn't have the internet. So you were looking up things about Boston and where she could go and what might happen and all these big American lads and all the rest of it. You're thinking, Oh Jenny Mac. And that was heartbreak. Now she hadn't left me. She was still my girlfriend. She was gone. But I was yeah, I was that was really, really upset. How long did she leave for? Uh, she was away for six weeks. Six years of my head. Yeah. Six weeks. And I'll never forget it. It was really kind of woo. And I was really, really uh yeah, worried. but I think it's totally different doing long distance like a couple of years ago compared to doing long distance now because but, the you didn't have the contact. But I mean, there's no mobile phone, there's yeah. no internet, there's no nothing, you know. She so has to go to a phone somewhere, either in the house she's in or somewhere, uh, to make a call. To, or and, and I have to, you know, be there at that time that that phone call's that. coming. Or go to the phone box, <laughs> yeah. nonsense. So yeah, different times. Yeah, Beca- and and it was fine. She came back and we were we were good. But it's just that moment where you start imagining. Because somebody's away and they're away in a very exotic place. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because again, we were very young and that's very exotic. And the idea that anything could happen. And it could, you know. She remains a very attractive person. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And um, in fact, I'm quite worried about her now. I want to give her a quick call as we, before we finish. So it isn't a breakup. It isn't a, an end yeah. of anything. It's a heartbreak because your heart is broken because you're scared you're going to lose somebody. That's still really sweet though. They're not beside you. Yeah, no, they, I, I'm saying it's really sweet because she did come back and you obviously got married. How long have you been married for? Awfully long time. Awfully long. 1985. Yeah. A stop. Yeah. I wasn't even thought about it. There you go. 1985, yeah. yeah. Blissfully happy. Oh, so sweet. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, it's great. And it's lovely that, you know, She's my first marriage time. as well. For <laughs> your, just for your list. <laughs> Probably should have put that on the list. Yeah. Your first marriage, mate. Yeah, first marriage. Yeah, it's great for you. We're very good together, you know. I mean, not every day is blissfully. No, but nobody is. happy. Nothing is, that's not real. But we're great together. And we're great pals. And we're great fun. And we have a laugh. Yeah, but the industry as well that you're in and the whole way up through, there's a lot of hard work in that. And it's yeah. great to know that she was there throughout all of that. So well, she's probably we're, we're super We're both lucky in that no one has ever made an advance on me. So yeah. fair enough. So, <laughs> so we're quite good. Shockingly, that wasn't what I was getting at. <laughs> oh, Marty. Although that was the day he accused me of being a stalker. It's not far wrong. He's not far wrong. 
There's a lawsuit coming your way. <laughs> I just kept creeping up that day. Shut up. Creeping up. Stop. This can be used against you, okay? Just stop talking, right? We've friends. had a wild first season. First ride, I suppose, with all of you. And It has been some ride. It has been some ride. first ride. A great ride. It's been a great ride. We will be coming back in 2022. Yay! Riding all around us. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to have loads more people on the podcast. Um, so just... Keep your eyes and your ears peeled because we are going to be back in 2022. Laura, thanks for joining me for a Christmas special. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for having Tell me, me Emma. Yeah. No, no, no. I want you to thank me now. <laughs> thank you for joining me on the big sleigh ride. And to you, our listener, yes. Merry Christmas. We hope you have a great new year and safe and sound and all the crack. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.